When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. This week on Viewpoints. Some of those adaptations that have been made in order to cope will become more permanent. How are suburbs shifting to meet modern needs? Then... We had rain in January in the high Arctic, which is not something that happened at all when William Barents, my navigator explorer, was there more than 400 years ago. The noticeable changes in the icy northernmost region of our Earth. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms can mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away, by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. If I'm not commuting anymore, where do I really want to live? While you handle life's questions, Merrill Guided Investing helps you manage your portfolio and invest for your next move. With the option to work with an advisor at a low cost and minimum. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit MerrillEdge.com slash investing goals to get started today. Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith Incorporated, both a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member SIPC. Investment products are not FDIC-insured or not bank-guaranteed and may lose value. The pandemic has forced millions to throw their regular routines out the window. Over the last 11 months, many Americans have shifted to working from home and the difficult task of keeping entertained at home. The many restraints of COVID-19 have made people appreciate the simple things, friends, family, and the small pleasures like taking a quick walk outside or enjoying a meal together. It's also made some people realize that it may be time for a change of scenery as they spend more hours inside than ever before especially after the long and snowy winter that's gripped much of the U.S. While there's this major storyline playing out of people leaving the cities and fleeing to suburbs, those folks will want to bring the amenities and the lifestyle that they've become accustomed to in urban neighborhoods with them. (laughs) And I think they'll be a force for adding sidewalks and crosswalks, bike lanes, places to hang out places in their community. That's June Williamson, an architect and an associate professor of architecture at the City College of New York. Williamson says that it's no surprise that the demand for suburban spaces rose over the last year. Many people moved into lower-density areas to avoid the virus and had the incentive of low mortgage rates if they chose to buy rather than rent. This greater demand drove home prices to rise by about 9% across the board in 2020, according to online realtor site Zillow. 
and many of these sales included first-time homebuyers leaving the city in search of a lower price. But with them also came the desire to create pockets of urban living within suburbia. I think there's some momentum being built to think about the different patterns of how people might structure their days and weeks. One might even begin to conceptualize and think about 15-minute suburbs where somebody might be desirous of living in a location where the kinds of activities they need to do on a routine basis, including work, could be closely located. And that might come about from disaggregating centralized workspaces and also places of study. So instead of everybody going to like a single campus or, or a corporate campus, there might be little satellite hubs that could be distributed around in one of the hundreds of thousands of strip centers that are scattered within metropolitan areas, for example. So you might go there and work alongside other people who live near you, but you're all working for different businesses, potentially. Williamson says that this shift towards more efficient mixed-use developments was already in motion, and the pandemic only accelerated the trend. On one level, you could say that this is the continuation and intensification of a fairly long overdue correction of overbuilding of, of retail real estate and property. The United States has more square footage in retail per capita than any other country in the world, and by a, seems like a significant margin. But it's still pretty painful to see these losses and vacancies at the local level. While the bankruptcy of these businesses is a loss to the community, a reimagined development that brings people together can turn things around. What once was a vacant eyesore for months or even years can transform into a thriving hub. One of the case studies in our book, which is a project that's been ongoing for a few years now, but could be a model for other properties that might become vacant in the future, office property, is a project called Bell Works in New Jersey. And it had at one point been a kind of corporate R&D facility all for one company. It's a core mile-long building with a five-story atrium with labs and offices on each floor, and it's been retrofitted into a complex that operates almost like a traditional main street. So that atrium has businesses on the ground floor now, school, a public library branch, hairdresser, a place to get food, and then dozens of smaller businesses are now occupying the upper levels, and they also are programming community and public events, and they're adding a hotel a little boutique hotel on the roof. So you get a whole mix of uses where formerly it was pretty much just a nine to five Monday to Friday workspace. Williamson notes that these mixed use developments do more than offer multiple services. They bring people from all walks of life together who would otherwise be separated by physical distance. One of the things that I still find is a persistent myth or misunderstanding of suburbia in Northern America is that somehow it's all homogenous. And there actually is quite a bit of difference already in suburbs, has been for some time. And that stands to reason, given that the majority of population lives in suburban settings. And so as the population becomes more diverse by age, by ethnicity, by race, and by all kinds of other factors, you're going to find all that difference in suburbs as well. But it's not well mixed. So there's diversity, but it's very coarsely sorted. So there are sort of large pockets of homogeneity. So retrofitting, in many cases, can provide an opportunity 
for more mixing. This concept can mean working in a communal space, volunteering at the community center, and shopping for this week's groceries, all within walking distance. It can also include different types of housing, from single family to assisted living. This lifestyle mimics the energy of urban life while still reaping the benefits of suburbia. And it's not just the young moving from the city that will enjoy this change. As people age, it opens up accessibility and makes it easier if they can no longer drive. It also keeps them tied to a bustling community rather than sitting alone in a large apartment staring at a TV all day. They might want to downsize and sort of move out of a big house and move into a different type of housing that's still close to their friends and their doctors and their continuing ed classes and exercise classes they might be used to, but bring them into a place where there are things to walk to right in the environment. Williamson also highlights that this model for suburbia not only brings together young and old, but also people of different socioeconomic backgrounds. There's an opportunity on the one hand to increase access for folks to get into the better resourced suburbs and get access to some of those resources that otherwise have been somewhat exclusionarily distributed. And on the flip side, for some of the less well-resourced suburban areas, it's an opportunity through retrofitting and new assessment and remaking places that might be brownfields or otherwise vacated, a chance to increase opportunity in those less-served suburban settings. The end goal of this retrofitted suburbia is to bring people together without having to hop in a car and drive across town. It's a movement to build more communities where people can work, live, and relax together in a public setting. Part of this vision also includes more natural eco-spaces that have been vital during the pandemic. Structures like parks, walking paths, and open lounge areas push people to get outside and moving. Another effect of COVID-19 is the closure of streets to make room for outdoor dining. Williamson says that even this change may be a permanent fixture moving forward in cities and towns across the U.S. COVID-19 has changed everyday life in many ways. For one, it's opened more people's eyes to the importance of human connection. To find out more about this topic and our guest, June Williamson, visit viewpointsradio.org. Also check out her new book, Case Studies in Retrofitting Suburbia. Urban Design Strategies for Urgent Challenges. Available online and in bookstores now. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. I'm Gary Price. Coming up, would you sail to the Arctic 400 years ago to explore the unknown? When Viewpoints returns. The Sentinel Group sponsors this paid advertisement for legal services and is responsible for legal services. Attention, have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug, ranitidine, may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Zantac may be linked to these cancers, bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. 800-946-5112. Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. 
Call right now for a free consultation. You may be owed significant compensation. Call 800-946-5112. 800-946-5112. That's 800-946-5112. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me? Excuse me? Oh, sorry. Excuse me? You mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. If I'm not commuting anymore, where do I really want to live? While you handle life's questions, Merrill Guided Investing helps you manage your portfolio and invest for your next move. With the option to work with an advisor at a low cost and minimum. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit MerrillEdge.com slash investing goals to get started today. Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith Incorporated, both a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member SIPC. Investment products are not FDIC-insured or not bank-guaranteed and may lose value. The Arctic is a mysterious place that's seen in documentaries and captured in photos, but most will never travel to. The region encompasses the northernmost part of Earth, and throughout history, many fearless explorers have perished sailing on its icy waters and trekking through the desolate terrain. Go back to 1594, and Dutch explorer William Barents was starting the first of what would be three expeditions to explore the Arctic region in hopes of finding a northeast passage. If successful, the discovery would shorten the lengthy trip from Europe to Asia that forced sea traders to sail around Africa. While Barents and his crew never found this passage, many returned with stories of the Arctic that still live on today. They were sailing at that point off of any known map in existence. They didn't know if they were going to try to head north of these, what they thought were probably islands, but they also thought it might be part of a polar continent. At this point, it was thought there might be a giant continent sitting at the top of the planet. And then when they did get stranded, they knew that no one would know where to find them. No one would have any idea where to go or where to look for them or where they might be. That's Andrea Pitzer, a journalist and the author of Icebound, Shipwrecked at the Edge of the World. She says that what William Barents and his crew were doing back in the late 1500s is the equivalent today of traveling to Mars. There was no concept of what they would find or who would be able to help if they got stranded. Pitzer herself traveled to the Arctic three times to better understand the climate and conditions of what the crew endured. She's even planning a fourth trip this August as a sailor working and learning aboard a ship. First time I went, my big goal was to learn what it would be like in polar night since they were stuck there over the winter when there's no sunlight at all. Literally, the sun doesn't come up. I wanted to get a feel, at least for a few days, of what that would be like. So I went on a dog sledding expedition on Svalbard, which is halfway between Norway and the North Pole. And a friend of mine here in the States had taught me how to mush, uh, Blair Braverman. She finished the Iditarod her first year trying, which is almost a thousand mile race. She had trained me to do the sledding. And I went up and it was pretty amazing to go away from the coast, away from any lights, when the only lights that were there were if there was light reflecting, a little bit of moonlight maybe off the snow, 
Other than that, we had to wear headlamps in order to be able to see where we were going and for the dogs to have some sense of where they were going. This darkness and isolation can take quite a toll. Days without sunlight or seeing a living creature can make a person go mad. For an entire winter on the third expedition, Barents and his crew fought for their lives as they waited for temperatures to rise and their ship to thaw out from the frozen ice. The ship was still frozen in in June, and so they finally gave up on trying to get the ship out of the ice, and they just decided to come home in their small boats. So these are not large boats at all. They burst them up a little bit to make them a little sturdier for the voyage, a little more appropriate for these men to try to come in as a group. But they ended up having to sail more than a 1,000 miles in open boats on an open sea before they were able to find another ship that could then take them in. Many of them did eventually get back to Amsterdam. While much of the crew survived, Barents succumbed to the harshness of the Arctic winter and passed away on the voyage back. It was pretty incredible because they came into harbor and immediately word spread that they had returned because everybody, they had been gone so long at this point, they had set out well over a year before that it had just been assumed that they were sort of dead and rotten, that they had, you know, vanished from the face of the earth. And then to show up, so many of them, alive was extraordinary. Pitzer says that today there are structures in place that make it possible to call for help, but it's best to be prepared for any situation because you don't know how long it could take for help to arrive. In 2019, the ship that Pitzer was traveling on broke down, and the engine was past the point of repair. We had to use just sails. We didn't have any motor at all available to us. It wasn't possible to fix it while we were at sea, and so we had to come back only using the power of the wind, which is pretty incredible when the wind is not going in your direction, and that happened to be the case with us several times. So there's a thing you do called tacking into the wind, where you make very little forward progress and you're sort of zigzagging side to side and the boat is tilted at like a 45-degree angle and it makes for some wild seafaring. And the Barents Sea itself, which is now named after him, which is that sea between Nova Zembla and Murmansk that we had to cross, the Barents Sea has been known as the devil's dance floor for its choppiness because it has warm water and cool water coming from opposite directions and mixing. So it was quite an adventure to sail that just as Barents would have sailed it. For me, it really helped me imagine, you know, what it had been like for them back then. But back then, the Arctic looked much different than what Pitzer saw firsthand. Currently, the ice sheets are melting at an alarming rate, leading to an unsustainable landscape for wildlife and increased global sea levels. According to a combined study out of the UK that was published last month in the cryosphere, ice melt has ramped up in recent decades. In the 1990s, around 760 billion tons of ice melted per year. Twenty years later, more than 1.2 trillion tons are lost in an average year. That's an increase of more than 60 percent. During Pitzer's third voyage to the Arctic, she traveled to the same islands that Barents and his crew had been stuck on. The glaciers had retreated so far on the maps of glaciers that we had that it was extraordinary. The maps just were no longer accurate at all. And in fact, we saw an island there that we were some of the first people to see because glaciers had retreated so far that they had revealed an island that no one knew until recently even existed. So the vanishing of the ice from the high Arctic was definitely a piece of that story, too. And when we sailed into the place where their ship got frozen into the ice, we were only there a week earlier in August than they had been back in 1596. 
they had gotten completely frozen in. But today, in that harbor in August, there's no ice at all. There's just not any ice there. Last August, a study by the British Antarctic Survey was published in the scientific journal Nature Climate Change and predicted that summer sea ice floating on the surface of the Arctic Ocean will completely disappear by 2035. Looking back, big changes have already taken place. Last July, almost half of Canada's last fully intact ice shelf, the Milne Ice Shelf in the northernmost part of Canada, collapsed into the sea. This broken piece is larger than the island of Manhattan. In addition to ice loss from warmer temperatures, another leftover presence of human activity is also reaching the Arctic shores. On the second expedition, I went on a tall ship, so I learned how to haul sails and go up the mast and try to imagine seeing this coastline for the first time. These are the first Europeans. These are the first written record that we have of this place at all. And one of the things that I saw in that exposition, unfortunately, was a lot of trash. And there was a lot of trash washed up along the shoreline. A couple times when we would do landings and be out in the interior there, we would see animals that had obviously, like reindeer, had gotten their antlers caught up in the nets and had dragged them inland for miles sometimes before they just collapsed in exhaustion. So I saw that trash impacting the wildlife there in really direct ways. It is vital to restore and preserve this pristine landscape and the wildlife within it for many reasons. At the rate of current glacial melt, the futures of coastal cities and towns are in limbo due to increased sea level rise. According to researchers, if every glacier and ice cap were to melt, it would result in global sea rise of about 230 feet, wiping out every coastal city on Earth. While the Arctic has changed in many ways since William Barents first sailed there, it's still possible to reverse the damage that's been done. The toll that we have taken through climate change, through hunting some whale species nearly to extinction in various ways through these last 400 years has been pretty drastic for the Arctic. And while we still have a chance to intervene and save a lot of what's left there, I'd like to encourage people to sort of see the differences between then and now and to think about what we can do to protect some of the things that Barents was the first to record the existence of. To find out more about this topic and our guest, Andrea Pitzer, visit viewpointsradio.org. Her new book, Icebound, Shipwrecked at the Edge of the World, is now available online and in bookstores. For more behind the scenes, check out Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Viewpoints returns in just a moment. What are you going to do with your old car? You can try selling it, you could junk it, or you can donate it to Heritage for the Blind. Your car will be towed away for free and your donation is tax deductible. Just call 1-800-835-1478. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats. It doesn't matter if your vehicle runs or not. It will be towed away for free, and you'll be supporting those that need help. Heritage for the Blind is a nonprofit organization that helps the visually impaired live fuller lives. Call right now to donate your car, and as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call Heritage for the Blind right now. 
Call 1-800-835-1478. Donating is easy and your vehicle is towed away for free. Plus, you'll get a free vacation voucher for donating. Call now, 1-800-835-1478. That's 1-800-835-1478. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. For years, watching most live performances at home was a bit of a risky endeavor. Sure, bands released high-quality concert films and comedy specials seemed to come out daily, but live plays and musicals? Usually, they were either only available via limited-run theatrical events or they were low-quality, single-camera shots from a distance. The options were typically not great. The networks tried doing those one-off live musical performances jammed full of celebrities for a while, but they mostly received lukewarm reception. But lately, that has begun to change, and several live performances are now available to stream at home that really push the live event at home experience to a new level. The biggest and most notable of those shows is Hamilton, which is streaming on Disney+. The musical sensation was captured with its original cast and renders a new vantage point for fans new and old, with a roving camera giving the landmark show a permanent place in the at-home viewing experience. But there are other, smaller shows out there too. David Byrne's American Utopia show, which sees the Talking Heads frontman perform his Broadway show that ran only a few months before being put on hold due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Directed by Spike Lee, American Utopia is streaming on HBO Max and has been lauded by critics as one of the best films of 2020. Finally, a different live show that recently blew me away is now streaming on Hulu. It's called In and of Itself, and it's a 90-minute one-man show that is truly unlike anything I've ever seen before. Taken from illusionist Derek Delgadio's intimate off-Broadway production of the same name, the special sees Delgadio perform magic tricks, deliver a plea for kindness, and weave together a series of narratives. If it sounds like I'm being elusive, it's because I am. It truly is unlike anything I've ever seen, and I'd recommend it to anyone looking for something different and mysterious. While comedy specials and concert films have long dominated the live production at home marketplace, specials like Hamilton, David Byrne's American Utopia, and Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself have brought little pieces of the theater scene previously held behind closed doors at high prices right into our homes. For that, I'm thankful. I'm Evan Rook. What do you want a da da da? What do you want a da da da? I'm not a da what a da da da. 
We could switch to Progressa Nada. Oh, yeah. We could switch to Progressa and Sa. Mkaw. We could Sa enough to buy some Za. Oh, yeah. Let's switch to Progressa Tada and get some Za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da da da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. If I'm not commuting anymore, where do I really want to live? While you handle life's questions, Merrill Guided Investing helps you manage your portfolio and invest for your next move with the option to work with an advisor at a low cost and minimum. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit MerrillEdge.com slash investing goals to get started today. Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith Incorporated, both a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member SIPC. Investment products are not FDIC-insured or not bank-guaranteed and may lose value. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Viewpoints is a production of MediaTrax Communications. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.